Welcome back to the Later Day Podcast with your hosts, Brayden, Keaton, and Caden. This podcast is our answer to the everyday struggle of procrastinating our Come Follow Me studies. Whether you start your readings Monday morning or are listening to us on the way to church, we're just happy you're here. It's true. Thanks for being here. And all three of us are together again, which is great. I don't know if we recorded all together in February at all, except for this episode. Yeah, I it's think good to be back be all together, but yeah, apart still. Nice. Together, but apart. Yeah. True. Just the way it should be. I can't handle too much of you guys. Well, <sighs> I mean, once a week is enough for me. Um, so this lesson covers 2 Nephi chapters 26 to 30, and it is titled, A Marvelous Work and a Wonder. Isn't that the, there's a movie called that, or a book? I believe uh, there's a book. Yeah. Wait, yes, yeah, so what's your, where are you going? That's with? it. Okay. That's I don't it. know, it just <laughs> popped into my mind. Like, no uh, further prompts. Get just... off my back, man. It just exists. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's a song called this that's fair i use the same thing in our earliest episodes so that's fine all right yeah true so a marvelous that's got to be a song too though to be fair i'm pretty sure oh i'm pretty sure it is i feel like i've heard the song yeah. a marvelous work and a wonder brayden if you knew a song called marvelous work and a wonder how did you how would you think it would go just sing it for us well i don't actually know because that's a lot of syllables oh it's by legrand <laughs> richards that's a oh, sick yes. name. Yeah. By the way. He's pretty he's a pretty great apostle. They actually well, I don't know, this is probably one of those stories. But the uh the whole like putting a light on the stand to tell people when it was time to stop talking, that was like made for him. Oh. That As was the his story idea? goes. No, it was the other apostle's idea because he kept going over time. <laughs> oh, that was like no spare some knowledge going. and truth for the next hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm taking over this conference. No, I know it's probably one of those stories, but I think it's kind of funny. Hmm. But yeah, LeGrand Richards, great, great, epic name, Ep- grand name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a while since um, I've heard a Keaton <clears throat> pun, so I'm happy to be back. <laughs> All right, oh, so we good. start <laughs> out by the intro. Uh, it says, I prophesy unto you concerning the last days. Uh, in other words, Nephi was writing about our day, and there's a reason to be concerned about what he saw. He saw people denying the power and miracles of God, rampant envy and strife, the devil blind, binding people with strong cords. But in addition to these latter-day works of darkness led by the adversary, Nephi also spoke of a marvelous work and a wonder led by the Lord himself, and that at the center of the work it would be a book, a book that speaks from the dust, that exposes Satan's lies, and that gathers the righteous like a standard. That book is... Spoiler alert. The Quran. Oh, the Book of Mormon. The marvelous work of wonder is the work of the Lord. Did you say the Quran. The days. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't tell if the mic cut out or if. He... Yeah, same. I was like, okay, I guess we'll just keep going. Okay, so that book is the Book of Mormon. Go on. Yes. Spoiler. Yes, to be clear, it's the Book of Mormon. And the wonder is that the Lord invites all of us, in spite of our weaknesses, to participate in His work. Hmm. Lovely. Thank you for that. Yeah, true. I uh, 
Yeah, honestly, I sometimes forget that that's what the uh, the phrase "a marvelous work and a wonder" is generally referring to. Is the Book of Mormon? I sometimes just think of it as the church, which is true as well. But yeah, it can be specifically applied to the Book of Mormon. Actually, I think I'm right along there with you. Anytime I think of like marvelous work and wonder, I think of like all of the many things that you know. Yeah. Well, the work yeah. the work is the that's Lord's true. church. That's true. And the wonder is that He invites us. The Book of Mormon is just the center. So in that verse, when he's talking about the marvelous work, and I wonder, it's uh, 2 Nephi 27, 26. Um, yeah, no, it, it doesn't even... Yeah, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, yea, a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of the, their wise and learned shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent shall be hid. So it doesn't even mention the book specifically, it just says in the in the header here that the center of the marvelous work and wonder is the book of mormon well wouldn't that would that not be the work yeah this is nephi like work, talking work isn't it? as a noun yeah yo it says that the work is the lord's church in the latter days okay that's uh that's pretty much that's proving us wrong okay good that's <laughs> what i'm trying to Fair say enough. dog <laughs> okay 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 I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was being specific to the book. Oh, yeah, no, no, it's definitely the We Lord were right talking. initially. Yeah, it's, it's the Lord talking. Okay, cool. Let us carry on. All right, so it jumps in here pretty much just with 20, starting at 26. I guess, yeah, it only covers four chapters here, so it's not that bad. Um, yeah, the first title would be Jesus Christ Invites All to Come Unto Him. That's a very Again, uncommon another title that's like... Idea. Yeah, it's a title that's like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, sounds good. I agree. <laughs> Moving on. No, I'm just kidding. Very uncommon thing. I don't know if I've heard that before, that he invites all to come unto him. Uncommon phrase. All right, yeah. enough with the sass, boy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We got to cut our sarcasm here. Uh, so it basically says, Prophet Joseph Smith taught that Heavenly Father, well, not basically, it specifically says, the Prophet Joseph Smith taught that Heavenly Father is more boundless in his mercies and blessings than we are ready to believe or receive. Cool. Yeah, like holy. That. I like that a lot. Yeah, that looks like it's one of the, well, it, it has the reference here is from the Joseph Smith papers. So I wonder if that's a journal entry or something like that. Well, it's cool. That almost feels like the scripture about tithing where it says like there you shall receive blessings that there will not be room enough to receive them mm-hmm. that feels like a similar like there's so many yeah yeah it's true boundless in his mercies and blessings then we are ready to believe or receive like there's there's too many blessings from them yeah like when you think yeah. about it boundless in mercy like that's crazy considering like the stuff that goes on in the book of mormon or the bible or even just today like the things that people do that are so wrong and even just like our mockery to God. And he's just like, yeah, well, I'll forgive you if you smarten up kind of thing. Like he still like, yeah. loves, and it's not even like, Oh, and I'll forgive you if you smarten up. It's like, I still love you and I'm willing to forgive you rather. Like I choose to con- like continue loving you and choose to maintain my promise to always forgive you please repent but even if you don't i love you that's crazy because like people are straight up building like churches against him they're perverting his doctrine they're you know straight up worshiping other like gods and stuff like that's crazy yeah there's some really good verses in from 23 to 33 in chapter 26 
One of them that I really like is 24. It says, He doeth not anything, save it be for the benefit of the world. For he loveth the world, even that he layeth down his own life, that he may draw all men unto him. Wherefore he commandeth none, that they shall not partake of his salvation. Wherefore he commandeth none, that they shall not. Double negative. Well, so and there's co- a really he commands everyone to partake of his salvation then? Well, in verse 27, I'll counter that with a verse. Hath he commanded any that they should not partake of his salvation? Behold, I say unto you, Nay, but he hath given it free or free for all men. And he hath commanded his people that they should persuade all men to repentance. Mm, yeah. So double right. negative, basically, yeah, yeah, you get to partake of his salvation. Yeah. And he has commanded it. And then it's, yeah, and then he's commanded that everyone who already has or recognized that salvation is to preach unto other people of the same salvation. Mm-hmm. Then it gets talking about priestcrafts, which are oh, your favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. I've been watching some stuff this week about like fake gurus. I think I posted something on Facebook about it, and it's it's just interesting how similar some of these principles that fake gurus use, that uh, also priestcrafts and stuff like televangelists and stuff will use the same things. So. I think, yeah, it's just something that's on my mind. Like weird little tricks? Yeah, little tricks to convince people and to get people invested in something so that they continue to pay more money and continue to be like forced to believe it. It Basically like, yeah, like cultish mentality kind of a thing. Yeah, yo, I saw a video of like a bunch of people running out of a church and just eating grass. (laughs) Because their pastor told them to. Well, I mean... Just ripping it out in handfuls and just... Just chowing. Yeah, but did it work? No, they were all puking because we, we can't oh. digest we can't digest grass. No, we're not cows, oh, Keaton. We don't got four stomachs or however many stomachs cows have. Eight, twelve, who knows? I think it's thirteen. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> it's actually like nobody knows two. how many stomachs I think, cows well, have. Well I think you're right with the four or whatever, isn't it? No, 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 no. We nobody knows. Really? We've dissected them, and, and it's impossible to tell how many stomachs they have. Don't they have, like, holes in cows that, like, people can stick their Oh, arm? yeah, I've seen that, too, where you can reach into their stomachs. Messed up. That's an abomination. <laughs> Technically, uh, cows... Four stomachs in a cow. Sorry, just coming in. Technically, cows have one stomach, but it has four distinct compartments. Oh. That's why you, people often mm. say that cows have four stomachs. Hmm. Sounds gross. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So I don't know where that seven came from, but apparently that's a thing. I just ramping it up. I was just, <laughs> I, yeah. I was just being dumb. No, no, no. I just, I'm glad we clarified. But yeah, okay. But yeah, similar stuff where. So similar it, to um, it's just the yeah, Lord's trickiness. boundless mercies and blessings are the a cow's boundless stomachs and compartments. Very true. <laughs> Very true. Very organized. What a good way as, to tie that. As God would have that it. whole tangent was planned. Mm-hmm. Man, the amount of time it would take God to plan out how to create a cow and to make his stomach into four compartments is just impressive. Well, it's a testament to how like awesome of a like of, of like the human body or even just any animal or like any any living thing, like the amount of intelligence involved to even just like create that. <laughs> Be like, yeah, yo, yeah. don't even get me started, yeah, man. It's just, it's, yeah 
Biology's Kay. cool. Yeah, even on the... Okay, I guess we could... Let's get into this on the human side. I saw a recent thing that was like, what is the appendix for? They're like, we never really knew. They thought it was for one thing, and then it's another. Now, people think that it's kind of like a backup drive for our gut biome. So, oh. like... It just kind of like just keeps a little bit of bacteria. Yeah, and it's just there to restart it if we ever for, lose it for whatever reason. Yeah, we're like that, still learning. That, that sounds logical it's to me because it's just like a teeny little pocket. Yeah, we're, yeah, and so that's why there's always bacteria in there. That if it you know pops or whatever, it's bad. It can hurt you. Hmm. Yeah, like so. It's and that makes sense pretty, for appendicitis. Like, yeah, it just sounds gets pretty plausible. Whatever. That's so, cool yeah. that we're still learning things about our own. Like science is still learning things about how the oh, human yeah. body works. It's like it well, just the, goes to the show. The sick like, thing is, is like your gut bacteria is so important, yeah. and this is a weird tangent for us to have gotten on, but it's so important. Like, um, you can get feces, um, from other from another person, and they like put them into your gut so that you can replenish your your gut flora. And like a donation of feces? Yeah, like a transplant. Interesting. Like they transplant blood and, and bone marrow. They can transplant feces because gut bacteria is that important. That's interesting. I've heard of that before. And it's not unlike transplanting a testimony in Christ. Man, we've got the the worst analogies today. <laughs> We're just trying to tie it back. With well, let's try. How do you possible. how do you go from tie it back with anything. like scotch tape? Like here, this could just barely the apply. Longest shots. Okay, yeah. so I would say if anything, it's just a good foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, we can relate it to that, where our body has to have this good foundation of a good gut biome for everything that comes into it to be uh, processed correctly and. Same thing with having the spirit. The spirit helps us process everything we see correctly. I don't feel like that's as hard uh, of a term. Is it shall not? We, shall we carry on? Let's yeah, carry we'll on. carry on. I, oh, dang it. I thought it was better. Right, so, I thought it was uh, better. It was better. Uh, still, still a long shot. Uh, <laughs> so, second Nephi, now we're on 26 and 27. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's talking about the book that is mentioned in these chapters that's what we're studying next um wait 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 should have have we feel do we feel like we've adequately addressed the last one or did we just get so off tangent that we have to keep going well i feel like the book of mormon well sorry i feel like this next heading what is the book mentioned in these chapters and like learning what that book is more than and like it answers more than enough jesus christ's invitation for all to come unto him because like this like the book of mormon is like a love letter to the people to the believers essentially for us to like okay. come unto christ okay i like that cool let's do it it's just a really long-winded very wordy love letter <laughs> with a lot of <laughs> yeah, warnings and so here we'll go yeah. into this uh so the words of okay sorry so um it, it goes on to say in Nephi, well, 2 Nephi 26 and 27, um, which again is another chapter that draws heavily from Isaiah, that it, it it's um, foretelling the like the Book of Mormon coming forth and, and what it all entails. And so it's gotten certain bullet points here, like the words of Lehi's seed, um, speaking from low out of Shall the dust. Shall whisper from the dust. Yeah, with a familiar spirit and being sealed up in a book. And these are... Um, 
this is more symbolism because it's Isaiah. So it's more symbolism. And through, you know, studies and revelation, we've learned that this is, in fact, the Book of Mormon. Um, if you go off of like a familiar spirit, when you read the Bible and you read the Book of Mormon, um, they're speaking of the same Christ. It's not a different Jesus in both books. It's the same Jesus Christ. It's the same spirit. It's the same feeling that you get when you read the properly translated versions of the Bible or the Book of Mormon. It's it's very much the same person we're talking about, the same God, the same commandments. And, and so it's got that familiar spirit. Or... Um, Speaking from low out of the dust, there's many different interpretations as to how this symbolism goes. Um, I don't know if I'm 100% right on this, but I think it's because it came from out of the ground. Like it was buried out, it was buried for a time, very much like um, a body would be, and a body goes and returns to dust. And uh, the Book of Mormon came up out of it, I guess when joseph smith went to translate but that's just my interpretation i think but right so that's that's what isaiah says about the book of mormon and then and then it goes on to lay out um in ezekiel when it talks about the stick of judah and the stick of jew joseph Mm -hmm. coming together and how the stick of judah represents the bible um and the stick of joseph which could refer to the nephites who were descendants of joseph um and so how those two sticks are joined together and they shall become one in your hand. Just like right now I'm holding my quad. This is the greatest marketing my... technique in the world. <laughs> Just get somebody 2,000 years ago to write about it. Yeah. No, that's all. And, and it's very true. Like, that's the thing is, or, or even just on my phone, like I can hold my phone in one hand. I've got all of this information. Granted, it's a little bit more information than just the stick of Joseph. And um, why can't I, why can't I think of, oh, well, yeah, the stick Judah. of Judah. There we go. Um, but it's, I digress. Like it's, it's all there in one hand. You don't necessarily have to have like a physical quad. But I do. And it even says, The sticks whereon thou writest shall be in thine hand before thy before their eyes. And so, again, Ed. lots of symbolism. Uh, this, I'd, I'd love to argue with anyone who says this isn't the Book of Mormon. Um, because I'd actually, one, be really interested in what they think it would, would mean. And two, be super interested if... Like, if they think it is a different book, then which book they think it is talking about? Because I'd very much like to read that book, right? Yeah, I've heard people say it to me that um, from other religions that it's the Old and New Testament being put together. Which doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. It does not make I mean, as much sense, no. Um, well, there's there's other references to the Book of Mormon in the scriptures, too. Like oh, it's yeah, not just sure Ezekiel and Isaiah. There's, yeah. Um, there's Psalms. It says, "Truth shall spring out of the earth," similar to to how Isaiah says, "Coming out of the dust." Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. There's lots of in there's lots in Isaiah. The Lord will lift up an ensign unto the nations. Well, it even says it's like the other examples can be found out of the ground in the guide to the scriptures that's readily available to anyone who would like to do that study. And then even even like other sheep I have which are not of this mm-hmm, fold, mm-hmm. like that's not yeah. referring specifically to a book or to written scripture, but it's it's letting us know 
that like yeah heavenly father recognizes that it's not just the jews in jerusalem it was all of his children and there's even more sheep too than just us mm -hmm. like that was the thing is he was talking about multiple like that's what's coolest about it all and i think we gotta go talk to everybody i think Caden and i were talking about it a little bit last week how like there's just some things that you know through revelation and through the faith that it takes to be a member like we will be given future uh information or future um knowledge that will hopefully just strengthen our testimonies in the fact that the church is a living church and that um of course we're going to see new things come to light whether that be scripture revelation commandments in yada yada or new call new people who are called that's that so on and so forth yeah very good shall we carry on yeah all right this okay, next section. I've got a good one for this next section. Oh, Introduce okay. us. All right. Second Nephi 28. Satan seeks to deceive. Period. Okay. I gave a talk today in church. Um, <laughs> yeah, wow. Really good introduction. And one of my... Today. Yeah, I just tried to be as solid as points, possible. One of my points in my talk um, was from um, a talk given what, 2017 General Conference, I think. Um, but it's by Elder John C. Pingree Jr. And he says, uh, Satan seeks to distract us with less important manner, matters. The Lord warned an early church leader, your mind has been on the things of the earth more than the, the things of me and the ministry whereunto you have been called. Are we so preoccupied with worldly things that we are diverted from our divine assignments? And so... This is specifically talking about, like, God has a work for us to do. Um, but it's just, it's the same thing. Satan's seeking to deceive and to, to get us to believe lies, you know. He's trying to... It even asks us in the section of Come, Follow Me. It says, what will you do when the adversary tries to deceive you? Um, Elder Pingree, he, he tells us to step back and to think about the callings that we have, to think about you know, the blessings and our patriarchal blessings and to realize that, um, you know, we, we do have a divine calling. We do have things that we have been assigned to get done. It even, there's like a, I think it was President Kimball. He said, uh, before we came to the earth, we had like, we, we had divine assignments given unto us. And even though we don't remember them, doesn't mean that we didn't agree to them and we don't have to, like, we have a duty to yeah, to Jeremiah, figure out what those Jeremiah one five right before I formed yeah. thee in the belly I knew thee mm-hmm. yeah and so we have like a duty a responsibility to find out what those promises that we accepted were what those tasks were and then to mm-hmm. to carry them out right yeah I like that That's I think great. that so yeah. what will you do when the adversary tries to deceive you we should uh, you know think about the divine callings we have think about the direction that we've gotten from Heavenly mm-hmm. Father instead of being distracted by the lord by by satan sorry yeah, yeah i i, I, like I that love that there's a scripture is it paul he's talking about just like how people without the church or without apostles can be carried about by every wind of doctrine and i just along with what you're saying i think the main way that satan deceives us is by trying to peddle things as truth it's not like he's coming straight at us as like the church isn't true. It's not true. This and that. He's just saying, oh, well, you know, maybe this or maybe this. Um, 
It just yeah, just the little winds of doc or waves of doctrine. Or no, it's winds, that's right. But yeah. There's just all these little ways he can lead us astray in small little ways and well, they I end think, up becoming large. I think like isn't it I don't I don't know if you'll find this in the scriptures anywhere, but I think it's just like one of the more commonly accepted things when it comes to lying or deceiving. Like the best way to do it is to tell as much truth as possible, but then to like change very little change a small yeah, detail change a small detail mm. and then people will like and, and like you can change the small detail and it can you know be interpreted a hundred percent differently and uh i mean ask a lawyer ask a what lawyer yeah that was just a dig on lawyers oh fair enough i i've <laughs> i have no ill will towards lawyers it was just a bad joke no no that's fine i just didn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no it's true though Braid and i i'm i'm not, i don't know if i should be scared that you know the intricacies of lying but i guess yeah it's, it's good, doesn't surprise good me yeah it doesn't surprise me but uh, yeah well i mean i i used to lie to my parents all the time all the time that's <laughs> just the white lies i was tell mostly the truth tell mostly the truth <laughs> Should we pull? Should we pull end. this thread, or should we move on? I'm not sure what Let's we should do. Yeah, I'm gonna try to distance this. myself as far away from being Satan <laughs> as possible, if that's okay. Because yeah. I don't seek to. Deceive. Anything else yeah. to say about this? Uh, um, Braden, uh, Braden loves his family. Yeah. Well, I just like. Well, on. once again, like I like what it says here. What will you do when the adversary tries to deceive you? And I think that's important for everyone to. I like. How often do you? when you were younger, did your parents say like, okay, we're going out to like the mall or say like, if you went to like a giant area where there's loads of people and they say like, if you get lost, this is our plan. Like we meet here or, you know, like you have like an attack plan or like a, um, exit strategy or you have like something to a precautionary plan in case something goes mm -hmm. wrong. Right. Um, or even like when you work in a big building, you yeah. have your evacuation like plan. Once when I was yeah, even in point. Fort McMurray, because we had fires mm -hmm. um, not too long ago, there's like evacuation plan road signs. Yeah. So like this way, everyone's in the know. Yeah, like once on when I was a kid, of the city you're on, I went tells you where to, go. to Disneyland with my family and a fam like family friends. And like I was so young, I was like three, four or something. And I got, I got super wow. lost. Like I was gone. My family was gone. And I just hung with Chip and Dale, the mascots, because I'm pretty sure that was the plan. Like, just stay <laughs> on the ride. Like, stay at the ride or whatever. It was like the... the uh, like, the, the chipmunks? Yeah, Chip and Dale. Nice. Yeah, Chip and Dale, not to be confused with the... Yeah. What's, what's um, the other one? <laughs> male strippers. <laughs> oh, are they? <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, important to have a backup plan. Is that what you're kind of getting at? Yeah, just at? hang out with Chip and Dale. Yeah, Chip like, uh, Dale, I think yes. it's important that, you know, you think, like, well, what, what thread is the, the devil going to pull? Like, which of my threads is he going to see as, like, the weakest link? And, like, start to pull it out. Um, and what can I do to either right. cap it or cut that thread off entirely? I think, I think, again, like, yesterday, I noticed that my sock had a snag in it, and I started pulling on the string. And you know how, like, when you pull on a string in a sock, it, like, tightens the rest of where that string is? Very much like mm -hmm. any yes. thread, I guess. <laughs> but, like, like I'm wearing my sock right now. It's on my foot, and it starts to, like, actually, like, squeeze my foot. And I'm like, oh, shoot, yeah, that's not going to work. And so I I tried to, like, 
um, stretch, stretch it out, out. <laughs> and then it makes the hole bigger. Stretch it out. But then I realized, like, one and what? I just have to cut it off. And that's the only way to actually, like, prevent this from worsening or, like, be- making it more and more uncomfortable. I'm spreading. So I can still wear this sock. So. Yeah, or you, you get a nice, pair, fresh pair of socks. Yeah, or I just right? shed Call the old back sock to and our... put on the new. Yeah, We've already talked about right. how Braden. Braden wears his socks to the bitter end. That's why he's always so excited to talk about his new pairs of socks. Yeah. Um, that was like episode two. Yeah, that was a while ago. Um, but that principle, though, is really good. Just even like I know for uh, addiction recovery, they talk about in the, oh, shoot, what's it called? Addiction and recovery program in the church. They, the 12 uh, steps or whatever. Yeah, the 12 step. They talk about having a buffer and, you know, like your backup, your safety net, your backup plan. You know, that even it, like everything else fails, you still have, you know, more things that can protect you mm-hmm. from from going back. And I, that, that's basically kind of what you're you're illustrating there is is having that safety net. Yep. So this next one, because I think we're good there. Yeah. God continues to give revelation to guide his children. What a there yeah, it is. what another uncommon <laughs> phrase. I'm well, kidding. It's, it's fair. These are like uh, the like, main tenets of the church <laughs> right here. It's like if you could read these to someone, they'd be like, oh, okay, this is what your church is about. It, yeah. Well, I mean, it even says right here, we should never feel that we have enough because mm-hmm. we really don't. Like the amount of things that we don't understand and the amount of revelation that we could still get is huge. Why would we just like take what we have and be like, all right, no more general conference. I don't want to hear anything new because I don't understand everything that's been taught. I don't know, because I well, have enough. You, you shouldn't feel kidding, that I'm way, right? Yeah, unless you're starting to tingle and start to like disappear and be translated, mm-hmm. like you're, you still need more. <laughs> well, I mean, you'll still be taught in the spirit world. We know that. that that's... Yeah, that's true as well. Well, then... If you're translated, uh, don't you go, like, right to the celestial kingdom? Isn't that how that works? When you're translated? Sorry, say that again? Isn't that how translation works? I don't know. Not worth discussing, I'm sure. We probably don't know how translation works, to be (laughs) honest. Yeah, we probably don't know. Because everyone disappears if we don't get to ask them how it went. So, if we're supposed to... We'll we'll shelf that for now. We'll do a bonus episode. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, put a pin in it. So we're supposed to be, if God continues to give revelation to guide his children, um, so we have a pretty important general conference coming up in April. We don't really know why it's going to be so special, but our stake um, sent out like a like a preparation thing we're supposed to do so that we can, he, we, our stake presidency encouraged us all who are worthy to attend the temple to go to the temple and um, find like specific things that we can do to prepare ourselves for this upcoming conference. Cool. Um, because it's, it's supposed to be pretty lit. Yeah. It says unforgettable. Like that's not what the stake president said. That's what like the general presidency is saying. This well, conference I'm, is going to be an unforgettable conference in the history of the church. A new handbook surprise released. Pretty cool. Well, I guess it, yeah. I guess not super surprise release. We knew it was coming, but yeah. Well, we don't. So yeah, sad. we don't know nice what's changes. coming. So how can? So if God continues to give revelation, how can we 
how can we prepare? What can we we do to prepare for this upcoming conference other than going to the temple? Because we already have that example from my stake presidency. What else could we do? I think just, yeah, I think the principle going to the temple is is teaching is just being prepared spiritually, humbling yourself to look for every single nugget of truth that you can apply to your life. Because if you come into it saying, okay, what's this big thing going to be? Odds are, you know, if there's not a big thing, you're going to go away feeling disappointed. And that shouldn't be the way that it is. Yeah. At least uh, um, for we me. Should do a, we for, should do a bonus episode where we just speculate on what's going to be special <laughs> about this conference. Tinfoil hat cast. Yeah. That would be fun. We should do I'll that. Do Let's do it. Um, But yeah, I, I know a couple conferences, you know, since everything's been changing a lot recently, there's been a few times where I've kind of left the conference being like, uh yeah, there's nothing like crazy, I guess. And then as You're I read like the talks, down. I'm like, oh, these are great. Yeah. And so I think for me, at least, it's the main thing is being just saying to myself, you know, it's, it's not about the big changes. It's about the messages that are in there that we can apply to our lives. And then, yeah, if there's big changes, then cool. Mm-hmm. But the main point is to be uplifted and humbled. Well, that was like, so what if they're just trying to get us amped up and then it's just a conference and like the the specialness or whatever this momentous occasion is going to be is going to be just something in a talk is going to strike each individual you know as usual like that's what kind of typically happens at conferences yeah conferences still a but what if that's thing. all they're planning i think what if they're just trying to amp us up mm-hmm. so that we're like more more mentally and spiritually prepared for a conference and then it just comes and it's like that was an amazing conference and it's like well we we really didn't do anything different other than <laughs> tell you yeah, it was pulled be a fast one on yeah we wanted everyone to come in prepared it's almost like when you're prepared well, to receive the word of the lord it leaves a stronger effect on you almost like how when you're inviting the spirit it allows you to remember what you've been studying or like it allows you to like well that's exactly what keaton was just saying mm-hmm. right like it doesn't have to be something huge well, yeah. If exactly, you're prepared, exactly. the smallest sentence. Yeah, everything's huge. huge if you're prepared. And I think uh, that's why it has yeah. this bullet point like, here. It's like, why are people sometimes angry about receiving more truth from God? And that's definitely been something that's happened in the church as of late with all the changes. Is like people are like, what, what, why is it changing? It doesn't have to change. What do you mean I can go out on a mission when I'm 18? That's crazy. That's ludicrous. I don't know anything about the world when I'm 18. You want me to go and preach about this church or something? And or like even other things about baptism or like just you know two-hour church or like oh what we're not getting as much sunday school no this is ridiculous um it's it's all got a purpose to it and uh i think that how you go into it how you go into particular conversations with god is how is what's going to determine the outcome right Mm -hmm. um and so it's important to ask yourself, like, do do I ever feel this way after I come out of conference? Like, am I like, huh, that was nothing special? Or was I like, wow, yeah, I really needed to hear that because that's what I, like, how many times do they well, say, like, oh, come into conference with a couple I feel questions. like if you come out of conference and feel like there was nothing special, then that's a you mm-hmm. problem. Yeah, right? that's fair. If that happens to you, you need to step back and and reevaluate something because that should not be happening right right yeah i remember on our on my mission it felt like every devotional every conference was like a big deal and we would listen to the talks again and i'd just be like oh all these quotes are so good 
and then you know being home it's it's clearly different because and it but it shouldn't be obviously not right? as spiritually in tune but i don't know if you guys had the same experience where you just thought that the topics were just amazing oh totally. and so like life-changing well, i think it's because i was so invested yeah right like i was Which one we, of the most consecrated you should still parts have of my level. life if not the most right so it's like I think right it's but there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to achieve that as regular mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. Right. If we're doing everything that we can in our daily lives, then we should be able to have an experience that's that's that powerful. Yeah. And yeah, I I can say that there is definitely people who like every every time um, that we go to my in-laws, my father-in-law is always like, oh, did you ever read this talk? And I'm like, uh, I, I guess I must have heard it at some point. And he'll like talk to me about these talks from, I don't know, two years ago or something like that. He's just a good example to me of, yeah, someone who just like loves conference and is still a huge deal to him every time it happens. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, yeah, as non-missionaries, it's a hundred percent possible and, and something we should be doing. Yeah. And I think it's, so I'm going to transition into our last sure. little heading by saying similar to how the prophets and apostles prepare, um, like conference addresses for us. The next title is God prepared the book of Mormon for our day. And Nephi knew by revelation, even before the Book of Mormon was finished, that one day would be of great worth unto the children of men. And that day is today. The day is today, February the 23rd. <laughs> on the 20th. Or whatever day you're listening we to We deem this. it to be Whether of great worth. on your way to church done. on March 1st. The year 2020 of our Lord and Savior. That's... Yes, that. So why is the Book of Mormon of great worth to you? Well, great question. That is a good question. I think, I think, it changes though for me. Like one, it's it's partly of great. Well, I, I shouldn't say partly. I think it's 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 what kind of got me converted in the first place. This was like my true conversion process was through the Book of Mormon. Um, as much as I want to say it's like through different experiences and stuff, it was like after I finished reading the Book of Mormon for the first time, it's like. Yeah, no, I can get on board with this for sure. And I think I was on board before I finished reading the Book of Mormon, but I digress. And so why is it of great worth to me still after reading it? I think it's because there's just so much, so much, um, okay, I'm going to say the word relationship advice, but not for, I guess it could be for me and another person, but like for me and God, It's like for how I should... Right. handle my relationship your with relationship God. advice between your because yeah, i see so many of his dealings with what what is millions of people throughout the book of mormon and and how a lot of my troubles or a lot of my problems aren't unlike theirs or their own disbeliefs or um murmurings or um things they find hard to understand and I've been able to almost learn alongside them in a way when reading the Book of Mormon. I, I, I feel that learning and I know that when they're learning something, I'm like, oh, wow, like I learned it just the same way. Like I felt the exact same way. I felt just as stupid when I rejected truths and then soon realized they're true. Wow. Yeah. I, I sympathize with some of these people, right? Yeah, I would say it's along with that for me. It's basically just, it's the foundation of faith for me. Mm -hmm. It's where I can always go to feel the spirit. 
and always go to be humbled. Like, even though I've read some of the scriptures, like a, quite a few times, like specific scriptures, I have not read the Book of Mormon a million times. No, 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 I'm not saying that. Um, but yeah, I'm always humbled by things that I've read before. And there's a lot of power behind that. And I do get some of that from the Bible, but there's just, it's just different. I don't know. Well, it's just different. And uh, like, this is weird. So I'm going to bring up the seminary answers or whatever. It's like, you know how people are always like, yeah, your testimony, it's like you, or like how you continue to like injure or still like, uh, what is it? Uh, prevent yourself from like falling accustomed to just like lazy behavior or being like super idle or like, you know, sinning, I guess. Um, reading the Book of Mormon, praying, going to church for me, like, and this is, this is, Partly because of a talk that I heard by uh, Elder Christopherson, Christopherson, which was like, uh, why the church, I think is what the title of the talk is called. And basically he explains like, yeah, I mean, in a way, like we don't need all of the extracurricular things in the church um, to worship God the way he's asked us to worship him. But it just makes it easier and it helps us facilitate our beliefs, right? Very much like praying, like some people will pray, you know, 22 times a day and have the same amount of a relationship with heavenly father as someone who prays twice a day, I think. Um, but, but for me, like it's not through prayer. It's not through church attendance. It's through reading that I feel the closest to my, my heavenly father. And I don't know if that's the same for other people, but especially when I'm reading the book of Mormon, that's like when I feel, um, yeah, just the closest to being, yeah, I guess in his presence or like having him like by me or his power surge through me, I guess, aside from like using priesthood, I guess. but like it's, it's very much like that for me is the book of Mormon. That's like my key or like, that's my quickest way into the state of mind that is a heavenly state of mind. Awesome. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have anything to yeah, add. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it. Yeah, that's pretty much a good point to even close off on. I'm I'm grateful for the Book of Mormon. For some other reasons, as both of you, it uh, kind of just draws me back to the important things, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I think if, if we're good with ending there, then, yeah, definitely. Just think about... Uh, what some of the marvelous works that God is accomplishing even now through like even now in the world through the Book of Mormon and uh, think about that a lot over the next week before the next Sunday school lesson I think and and you'll have a lot to say yeah, I think, in class yeah it feels kind of like we're all just kind of now pondering our relationship mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. Book of Mormon at least for me that's why I'm so distracted as I'm just caught up in my own trains of thought exactly and I so feel like probably the same for you Caden too yeah just thinking about like why is it of great worth to me? I mean, I know that it is, but what are the reasons? Yeah. Like, yeah. even then, it took me a little so bit maybe... to get on track, I think, with my answer when I was responding. But that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> Braden's just thinking out loud. But it's good. No, it's good. And even even now, you know, the podcast is going to end and maybe you still have a few minutes. Maybe to any of our listeners, take a little break and just ponder yourself, if you can, um, what the Book of Mormon has done for you and what makes it marvelous to you. Absolutely. So with that invitation, we want to say another big thanks to everyone who's 
followed us and listened to us uh, thus far. We super appreciate it. And uh, our our heart goes out to you all. We'd also like to give a big special thanks to Spencer Olson, a.k.a. the Lucky Bandit, for providing us the intro and outro music that we get to enjoy every episode. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe on all podcast listening platforms that we have uh, posted on our link. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.